the Mind Vine Podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine Podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. So welcome to the Mindvine Podcast. Uh, my name is Daryl Mathers, and I'm with my co-host, Chris Bovey. Hello. Nice to meet you. And we have a very special guest, uh, Emily Grice, a peer support specialist with CMHA in York. Yes, And hello. welcome. Thank you Thank for you. Uh, joining us. And uh, we'll just start off by maybe you can tell us about kind of your your program, which you just presented on. Uh, mm-hmm. You're involved in the uh, MOBEES. Yes. So <laughs> it's a mobile <laughs> crisis uh, response uh, uh, initiative, and maybe you can just run us through that, and we'll uh, yeah, start from there. Sure. So what it is is a, a mobile, essentially a mobile walk-in clinic, but instead of just medical, we also have the counseling aspect to it as well. So everything's free, everything's confidential. Our catchment age is between um, 12 to 25, mm-hmm. but because we don't ask for a health card or any type of identification, we've seen everything from um, infants to geriatrics. Wow. So we have medical services, so the clients that come to see us actually can come see us for anything that they would go see their family doctor for or like a regular walk-in clinic. And then we also have counselors on board, um, peer support specialists, which is what I am, and then youth mental health workers. Um, So the peer support specialists actually have lived experience with mental health. Um, We get to kind of just have a different relationship with the clients that we see because we're able to relate to what they're going through. Mm -hmm. So my mental health experience was um, I had depression for about nine years and I've had anxiety probably my entire life. Um, And I've been treated medically for about a year with prescription medication and then I was able to wean myself off, learned a ton of life skills and self-care, coping skills, things like that. So that's what I'm able to share with my clients. And then we also have youth mental health workers that... um, that can offer the same type of thing minus the the um, lived experience, lived experience right. that that's right so we don't have a doctor we have a nurse practitioner but she operates exactly like a doctor can she just can't prescribe narcotics or controlled substances so how mobile is the mobile unit like oh we travel everywhere <laughs> so where like give me uh, can you give us a sense of what you might where you might go in a week or how that might look what yeah might so look we, like. we actually work off a bi-weekly schedule so um say on Monday we'll be in Keswick and then Monday afternoon we'll be in Stouffville. Wednesday we'll be in King City and then we'll be in Richmond Hill. We go as far south as Vaughan and then we go as far north as like Alliston and Innisville. So that can be like we have a schedule that we have set up so we have we hit usually two locations in a day. Um, but yeah, we, we just travel all over the place. This year, we've tried to kind of keep the like the geographical areas closer together, so we're not spending tons of time traveling. But we usually travel. We set up the location for between one to three hours, and then we take a like a meal break, and then we'll go to our second location. And now we have um, Thursdays and Fridays where we have double shifts. So the morning team goes out and does their one or two locations. And then the afternoon team comes in, and then they do their one or two locations. So you've been doing it for a couple years now. Have you Mm -hmm. seen a real growth in demand? Oh, yeah. 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 When we first started, it was nobody knew who we were. (laughs) And nobody wants to approach, like, this bright, colorful bus because they have no idea what it is. So we did a lot of promo, like, in inside community centers, and we do, like, tables outside of the bus, offer tours. When we go into new locations, we always set up tours as well. 
Um, but yeah, it's gone from like a really, really small, we'd maybe see six to 10 people in the week just because nobody knew who we were. And now we can see up to 30 people a day. Do you so. see uh, young people reaching out to you mm -hmm. earlier than maybe like early in the process of maybe their mental health issues? Or are you seeing them when things have really gotten dark? Um, no, like pretty, it's usually pretty early in the process. Like they'll have stuff going on at school or home or like they'll say like, this is what's happening. And mm -hmm. we can explain like, sounds like you have anxiety and these are the resources that we can give to you. And this is the way that we can help you. And we offer ongoing counseling or we right. offer to if they want to see somebody in their community as well so but usually once they have the courage to open up to say if somebody comes to me if they have the courage to open up to me they don't want to see anybody else okay. so that's also like a really good gateway for us to get more youth to come see us because that one person will go back and say yeah i had a really great experience on mobies you should come check it out with me because i know you're mm. struggling too mm. so often i mean it's so complex and do you connect them so if you have a young person that may have issues at home with family or schooling and that, do you help strategies or connect to those different pieces of their life, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, we'll, we'll dig back a little bit um, just to see, like, well, when did that start? Mm -hmm. And when did that start happening? And why, why, did, why did that happen? Or, like, so we try to dig a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but the stuff that might be a bit too deep for us to dig, then right. we have other, like, psychiatrists and doctors that we can send them to. Okay. So, yeah. When you hear the word mobile, it kind of seems a little like temporary, right? Yes. When you're on the surface, right? Yeah. But it sounds like because of your schedule and the way that you guys have this service set up, that you can actually build a relationship with the young people. Like you're seeing them uh, over, you know, a couple of appointments, or you're, you know, you do have the ability to have a relationship with them. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So the, like the original thought was that like one of the youth would call us, and then we'd be able to drive to them in their community. But that's not, unfortunately, how it ended up working. So, but they know when we're going to be in their community. And a lot of them, if it's a rural area, they really rely on that relationship so they can come and they can see the nurse practitioner for their medical stuff to get a checkup on whatever they might be going through. Mm. And the same with the mental health piece. Right. So they know that if we're there, that they want to come see us and they'll, they'll really find any way to make that happen because it's, it's helping them. Did you have any feedback from youth that said... <laughs> I probably wouldn't have gone to get help, but because you were there as oh, a mobile, yeah. that it was convenient. It was, it was kind of something I could access where I didn't really have the courage to go make an appointment with a, a clinician. Or Yeah. Yeah. They, so a lot of you know that wait times to see counselors or psychiatrists can be anywhere from six weeks to a year and a half depending on where they live and where they have to travel to to receive that service, whereas ours is immediate. We also have a, like a psychiatry service called Ontario Telemedicine Network, yep. and that just opens up like fast access psychiatry really, really fast, like, any, like as, in as little as two weeks. These youth can be seeing a psychiatrist to get a diagnosis or medication or, or just to really talk to stuff, to them about stuff that they, they can't really talk to us about, so. You mentioned kind of at the start of the initiative that you did a lot of promotion mm -hmm. to kind of let people know what you're all about. Do you have to do any promotion now or are people yeah. coming through the door or, or is it word of mouth? Uh, you know, so all of that. Yes. So we still do like when we go back into the schools, we'll do like because there's grade nines that come in that might not have an idea of who we are. And if they don't have any friends in higher grades, they're still not going to know who we are. So mm -hmm. our first couple of weeks in the schools, we really just focus on doing tours 
And when they have mental health weeks or if they have fundraisers or anything going on, we'll slide a table in there as well and hand out bracelets and pamphlets. And we got like little information cards as well that just explains like a little blurb about like if you're feeling stressed or sick or anything, mm. you can come and you can see us for that. That's right. Do you find too, you, being in the schools, have schools sort of embraced more asking you how we can do more? Like have they, having you sort of present to be able to do these things, to empower them to be able to help their students a bit more? Are they, oh, are they yeah. leaning on you a lot more now? Yeah, or? like their, their guidance departments, their waitlist are huge. Yeah. So they love that we're able to come in and give that service to their students too because they know that their students are getting helped and they know that they're not going to have to wait months just to see them for their first initial appointment. Right. So yeah, schools, schools weren't really open to the idea because they thought that there was going to be a duplication of service. But once we got in there, they're like, we want you here all the time. <laughs> right. so. yeah. You mentioned uh, when we started just about your own personal experience mm-hmm. and you know, how you dealt with depression the last nine years. Yep. And you probably dealt with anxiety most of your probably life. Probably my whole life, yeah. You, looking back, do you think something like this would have helped Definitely. at some point? Yeah. Like how, yeah. like, in, just in terms of its availability mm-hmm. or being able to talk to somebody who's kind of in the, understands what you're going through. Yeah. Like, how do you think it would have helped? I, so, like, for me, because when this first started, I loved the idea. And then I thought, like, okay, when I first noticed that I was depressed in high school, I didn't want to go talk to my student counselors because any one of my friends or one of their friends could have seen me going into the office. I didn't want to talk to my friends about it because kids are mean. And you make fun of your friends when you're still in high school, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to talk to my parents about it because about it, I don't want them to worry. So to have somewhere like this to go that's either on my school property or a youth drop-in center nearby or even just somewhere I can walk to on my way home from school, that would have been huge for me because mm-hmm. I could have gotten care years before I was even ready to admit that there was a problem. So it, um, I'm really glad that it's it's around for this generation, just, especially just because like technology and like all the new stuff that I didn't even have to deal with, you know, 10, 15 years ago as a youth. Um, well, thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank you. It's a really, yeah. yeah, a really interesting idea. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like you're doing great work. So thank you very much for telling us yeah. a bit more Thanks about it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.